Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monster Mania Radio. My name is Rob Dimension. I am Dave Hagen, co-founder of Monster Mania. Doug Hagen, the newest fan of horror movies. And David Hagen, the best of the Hagens in fantasy football. <laughs> uh, uh, well, actually, that, I that am, is true. Uh, I am uh, four and one. How many championships do you have? Uh, none yet. <laughs> okay. Just remember who's just remember who's writing that championship check, though, Biatch. <laughs> just remember who's cashing it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You have to have one to cash one. Anyway, Doug, you said uh, you're the uh, newest horror fan, horror movie fan among us. Let's As, I thought you said horrors. Well, wait, 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 wait. Let, let's let's tease this a little bit. Let's say that last week, if you're new to listening, first of all, thanks for listening. And last week, Doug is what you would call a novice. We'll we'll say a novice for horror movies. He's not a big fan of the word cult. Um, <laughs> that word apparently frightens him a little bit. So Along he made he, he made uh, he made a promise that he would he would try to give horror a little. A little try and i saw on facebook that he did try american horror story cult i don't know how far he got into it but i also saw that he went to the movies and saw some horror look i was going all out i've always said i hate horror movies and uh which is so great to be a co-founder of monster mania but uh, (laughs) it's a family thing dad and dave obviously have the passion for it uh so i kind of got drug along but i'm glad i'm in for the ride uh, but I, I promised I would watch, so I did get through uh, three episodes of American Horror Story. Did you? Not, not wow. that I. I haven't given up on it. I just haven't had the free time to watch. I think they're already up to like seven episodes. Rob said four, so no way. there's no way. There's no way I was going to get seven episodes or six episodes done. Uh, Is there that this many? Podcast. Seriously? I don't yeah, think I, it's that. I think they're only up to five, aren't they? No, I think tonight is episode seven. Holy smokes. I, 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 I guess that they all blend in, I guess. I don't know if that's I'm, good or bad. I'm I still, I, he's going to be I ahead of think, you, Rob. I don't think Doug can count to five. I think that's the problem. Here. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> so what was your, uh, your, your review of American Horror Story cult thus far? All right, thus far. First of all, some people are dying. Some weird shit's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wrap my head around why everyone is pinky promising this jackass with blue hair. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out where it goes. Episode three basically ended with the uh, the neighbor across the street having the situation. He's blaming Sarah Paulson and this episode ends. So I don't know what's more to come. I know last week you had said they're sort of... Uh, branching away from her character they, they did for at least two weeks i mean well recording tonight and it's on tonight it's on tuesday so we're, we're recording today so we'll see where they go tonight i don't typically watch it till wednesday morning but i think so far i'm not gonna I, I honestly think the last two episodes have been the best episodes yeah so uh i'm i'm in it uh the rack got microwave that was kind of cool uh, i'm not sure where it's going again the dude with the blue hair annoys me mm-hmm. but and I don't know why anyone would even listen to him. I- I'm tuned in. I promised, so I'm checking it out. Okay, so 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 far you're in with that. Now, not only do you watch the uh, American Horror Story cult, then I saw you go to the movies and catch it. Hundred percent. I 
I got a text from my nephew, not Dave's son, but uh, on the other side of the family, and he said, Uncle Doug, when are you taking me to see it? At which point I felt completely obligated. Thanks, Meech. And uh, I made sure we saw an early enough movie that I wasn't freaked out leaving the theater. (laughs) 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 And uh, we had... My other son had football in the afternoon, and then we had the Guns N' Roses concert Sunday night. So it was a jam-packed day. Uh, we went early enough. I enjoyed it. I don't remember the first one, or the original, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely a couple of the jump scares got me, where I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Like, I'm the kind of guy that goes to a movie, and, and the scary stuff, I yell at the screen a little bit. Kind of like the B-Rad does in Malibu's Most Wanted. So <laughs> it's best for me to go four weeks after the movie's been out where I can say stuff. Um, you remember, know. remember, Rob, this is the guy that chanted ECW in the middle of uh, Halloween Horrible. H2O. Horrible. Right. So yes. when we go to the new Halloween, be ready for it, all of oh. you. And yeah, uh, Guess who's not going with me on opening night of the new Halloween? Boo, boo, boo. Nobody, because you're lame. Uh, I provide the entertainment. You need it. You love it. So we'll just go and, and you'll have a good time. You'll pay for all the candy and popcorn. I'm gonna have to make a special trip if he's paying for candy and popcorn. <laughs> it's worth Dude, it, it's it, worth the seven hour drive. <laughs> it'll be cheaper to pay the tolls to get back to Jersey than it will be for the candy, popcorn, and soda. Because you know, Big Dave's got to get the largest soda they can legally sell them. That's right. Now I also had promised that I would watch your shows. So I, you had talked last week about you had had um, the Halloween that almost wasn't now. First of all, my question is this. Was the tape that you had, was it taped off of TV? HBO. Is, right. that, what it, is that what it was? I think it was recorded off of HBO. Initially, it was like an ABC Halloween special, like yes. in 1979. Yep. Um, and then it was on HBO – uh, around Halloween time. That's how I believe I recorded it. Yeah, it says it, it regularly aired on the Disney Channel during Halloween seasons from 83 to 96. Well, there wasn't a Disney Channel back then. Well, well, from what years are they saying? From 83 to 96. Well, I mean, originally it was an ABC Halloween special uh, in 1979. I'm 100% sure of that. Yes, um, it was, yep. Yeah, so I mean, it might have gone on to the Disney channels after that. Um, and but, I was surprised that it, people are looking for it when it was released on VHS, which I just looked on uh, eBay. There's none up there. Is the night that Dracula saved the world? Yeah, that was the reissued title. That's the stupid title. Yeah, the Halloween that almost wasn't. That's it. I did like Can't it though. It a, it's a half an hour. It's a fun watch. It's on YouTube. It was good. Dude, the disco dancing at the end when he spins and turns into the Big Dave leisure suit. And then it becomes a big party. That's what doesn't, that's doesn't my life. turn into like a hot chick too? Like is like something weird like that? Or is that uh Which? Transylvania six five thousand? Well, Transylvania six five thousand, I think, is the first set of boobies and why I became a boob man. But the witch <laughs> See, you got a vested interest in her. See, now, now you know why I was I hiding them all those years. Wow. God, I love it. The witch spins and she ends up being a blonde. And hot. Yes. And the mole goes away. I didn't. I mean, I, I thought it was okay. And then um, I had given the Wuzzles, which was <laughs> yeah. a 1985 animated show. It was only on for one season, 13 episodes. I gave that two episodes today. 
Uh, once your dad said, hey, we're going to podcast, I wanted to make sure that I checked it out. So Bumble Lion, definitely the best. Bumble Lion, Rhinoki. All right, so Rhinoki is okay. Uh, I okay. also liked Ellaru. You would like Ellaru. I, I thought it was fun. Isn't there like a yellow bear or something? Bumble bear. A, a but, butter bear. Butter bear, that's it. Yeah. That's... I, I have no idea what any of you guys are talking about. I mean, I, it's on, again. It's this, on, is, this is back when we were kids. The so whole you, series is on YouTube because I, it's only 13 episodes, and I guess it was never released. But, I mean, I sat there and ate lunch today and watched, uh, you know, Bumble Lion tear some stuff up because he he actually was I, – I found him the best character. I don't know exactly where in the series it fell because it's not like – it. And I know I didn't see episode one. Um, but I thought it was fun, and his voice sounded familiar. He says it's Brian Cummings that that uh, does his voice, but now I have to look and see if he was in. He was in the Jetsons, he was in uh, Scooby and Scrappy Doo. He's done a ton of voice work, Animaniacs. So yeah, I mean, he sounded familiar when I watched it. But I thought it was funny. Like, if no one's seen it, they do have a Halloween esque episode. I would encourage people to check it out. It was fun, and there was also Crocosaur. Yeah, yeah, that's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, that was the main villain of the show, and I thought that was pre- I thought he was cool. So you know, so Crocosaur sounds like a sci-fi channel movie. It really does, right? Crocosaur, like that's there a movie. That's a movie I would I... watch. <laughs> that's a movie you would make. <laughs> that's not. That's not a lie. All right, so <laughs> so Dave, we uh, we totally hogged the front part of this uh, this episode. We wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about last week's guest announcement. Oh yeah, I did. I. Did announce last week that both C.J. Graham and Kane Hodder were going to do in-costume photo ops. Uh, it's the first time, to my knowledge, that they're doing them together. Uh, I said at the time that I wasn't sure whether Kane had actually done an in-costume photo op as Jason before, uh, immediately after some fans had listened to the uh, last week's episode. I got some emails and uh comments on Facebook, I think, saying that um, Kane has indeed done the Jason costume photo op before. So uh, I wasn't sure whether that was the case or not. So I just didn't want to mislead anybody and claim that it was the first time when it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't sure last week when I said it, but, um, uh, you know, like I said, a number of people have said that he has done it before a few times, but it's going to be the first time to my knowledge that him and C.J. Graham are going to do it together. They're going to do single ones and combination ones. Um, and also, Rob, we're going to have two guest announcements later on in tonight's episode. Awesome. Now, while we're on this guest announcement thing, can I just ask the listeners? So what we do is we're asking you, like, you know, I put in, like, last week five hours to edit the show because of the fact that we had some audio problems. Typically, though, it's a couple hours to edit, to edit a podcast. When, when we ask, like, please don't, you know, tell people who the guest is, we encourage people to tell them, listen, you know, download the Podbean app or go to the Podbean website and listen to the show yourself because otherwise, what's the sense on us doing it? You know what I mean? Like, we're trying to provide more in-depth. If people really love Monster Mania and they like coming to the convention, we're trying to provide entertainment. We're trying to also provide an in-depth look at the convention itself, you know, it's not many promoters that go on that are on the on a podcast that are almost weekly talking about this show that generates, you know, a lot of interest and a lot of a lot of fandom and also helps a lot of people meet their heroes or or, you know, make the dream come true, however you want to say it. So 
please, you know, encourage people to listen to the show and don't give it away um, without them listening. That's all. Also, Rob, we are on Stitcher now as well. Awesome. So that's another another one that you can uh, people can download and and subscribe to. And like I said, you can go back and you can listen to some of the older shows. So people are still finding out that the that the podcast is back. So I mean, it's it's good. You know, we're we're excited. We're, our our listenership continues to go up every week. You can follow us on the app itself, and then you will be notified as soon as a new episode goes up. So one thing I wanted to talk about, Rob, since this is our uh, Halloween special. Uh, since I have both boys on the line with us tonight, um, I'd like to know how they, with them being parents, I'd like to see how they compare the Halloweens that they had when I took them out for Halloween compared to what it's like now as a parent taking their own kids out. So for Dave or Doug, do you guys have like a favorite costume or a favorite memory of when you went out trick-or-treating as kids? Well, I would say the one thing that jumps out, um, I don't quite remember what it was that year, but uh, there was the year that you went as the, you know, the werewolf from Michael Jackson thriller. And um, I, I think you even did something crazy with like making your own like contacts and like stuff like that. So that really jumped out at me as like, you know, like a memorable uh you know, Halloween or like Halloween costume, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even wearing it, but it was, hey, that was a cool costume. Yeah, I, I definitely remember that costume that I made. I actually bought uh, some brown wigs and spirit gum, which uh, that year I learned the hard way that spirit gum adheres uh, wigs and things like that to your face, and it goes on pretty easily and it stays there pretty sturdily, if that's a word. But what they didn't explain to me is the pain and suffering that goes with taking the makeup off uh, when you don't have spirit gum remover or anything like that, and no one explained to you how to how to you know take the spirit gum stuff off. It was absolutely painful. Um, oh, Lon Chaney's crying tears from heaven yes, because yes. you and your your spirit gum <laughs> didn't come off all right. Well, I'm telling you, man, I had like skin burn on my face for about a week after that. Uh, but that was one of my favorite costumes. I, I really did enjoy doing that. How about you, Doug? Any memories you have as, as a kid going out trick-or-treating? For me, I think I was too young to know you as that costume, but I know I've seen the photo of it. I know you always went with us for Halloween. And growing up in the city, the best part to me was, you know, all the row homes. So you yeah. didn't have to go very far to make an absolute killing on candy. And uh, in the neighborhood we lived in, we had some really good neighbors on our block and within the, you know, the couple adjacent blocks. So we made a killing just in a half hour. And we, I felt like we went out for hours. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I would say that that's one big difference is it felt like, you know, and maybe it was only till like 9 o'clock, but you felt like you were out all night. And, um, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, you know, it, it was definitely a fun atmosphere and you, know, you collected a lot of loot. Um, but I, I remember the one, Doug, do you remember the one funeral home around us on, um, probably like Luzerne used to have, you know, they used to almost make it like a haunted kind of thing. So that was, that, that was, that was really cool. Cause I mean, back then, you know, there weren't like haunts that there are now and, you know, for as uh, simple as it was, that was always like a cool thing to do every year. 
And back then, I mean, when you guys went trick-or-treating, and certainly when I went trick-or-treating, it was actually on Halloween night. Uh, I can remember one year, I think, when you guys were kids, it rained, so it kind of got postponed till like that Saturday. But, I mean, since that time, uh, it, it, it just seems like things have changed so much. Um, uh, Halloween uh, trick-or-treating during daylight now, and it's not on Halloween. It's it's uh, like in in uh, Halloween's always gonna for me. Halloween's always gonna be on October thirty first. Yeah, and, me you know, too. That's the only time we're giving out candy, and that's the you know the only time we're going out. So we'll stick to our guns. Yeah, but I, I mean, like I know, like some towns, Halloween is only on the main street, and it's on the Saturday closest to Halloween. Like trick or treating is only on the main street, and it's on the Saturday closest to Halloween. Like they've just, you know. I think they've really taken the heart out of it in a lot of cases. And I, I think even in some schools now, they're not allowed to, to come in costume or anything because it's they're afraid that it's going to offend either a religion or whatever. Uh, you know, like it, to me, it's just, come on, man, like, you know, let kids be kids. But uh, apparently, I, I can remember a couple years ago, it seemed like it was really a, a big thing to uh, – to stop kids from coming in costume in, into the schools and trick-or-treating. I don't know what it's like now. What's it like now with your kids? I, I don't think it's ever been allowed to come in costume. No. For anybody. Wow. Well, no. I, I mean, I remember our kids were able to go up until the third grade. They even did a they even did a little parade around the yard, and all the parents came and took photos. Well, we went it, to Catholic school, so that was a little bit different. Um, you know, unless your mom wants to dress you up like St. David for – that fun experience. Um, yeah. So how about, I mean, how about your kids, Doug? Or were they allowed to go to school in, on Halloween in costume or did they just not have the interest or, uh, no, well, my kids went to Catholic school or they still go to Catholic school. So it's not allowed. Hmm. I know the public school here, they, the younger children go to school. I believe they get changed into their costumes and then they, have a little parade or procession similar to what Rob was talking about, but that's the public school, Catholic school. Absolutely not happening. Do you guys take your kids out now? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And what's the difference in houses that, uh, that uh, participate now compared to before? Um, I, I think it just depends, you know, where you're at, but I mean, um, you know, especially growing up in the city, um, you know, and, and on your block where everybody knows everybody and, you know, you're almost, um, uh, you know, it, it seems like you know more of a community, more of like a family atmosphere. Um, you know, Mrs. Nicholson just as likely to smack you as you know your mom is. Um, so I, I mean, it, it felt like you know the, the neighbors were always you know more generous, like the na- to the neighborhood kids that they knew um, on the block. And now it's kind of like you know, there's people I only meet when I go trick or treating, and then it's like, hey, see you again next year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that, that just might be, you know, the neighborhoods or society or, you know, a combination thereof. I was going to say, I, th- I think it's the way we grew up in a tight knit on our block. I think everyone on our block went to Catholic school together. So we all walked to school together and we all had, like Dave said, that family feel where uh, I know Mr. Nicholson, he would snap the belt to threaten his kids. And I know my ass was like, feats don't fail me now. <laughs> Because Mr. Nicholson probably owed me a couple whacks with the belt. But but there was a guy. I mean, we talk about like a neighborhood, but like you know, as um strict or menacing as he was, and like he was also the guy that dressed up like a nun for Halloween. You know, I mean, this is back like thirty years ago, 
and it was just like funny as hell. So, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody got involved. I mean, the parents were involved. And if, you know, you look back at, um, you know, even going like trick or treating with big Dave, you know, more often than not, you know, he was in costume with us. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the parents were more heavily involved and even now going trick or treating, I'll, I'll try to put something stupid together at least just to go out with, yeah. um, you know, Hey, you only go around once and, uh, have fun with it. And if I right. get some peanut butter cups in the meantime, then, you know, Hey, that's cool too. Well, that's the thing too. I mean, I think, you know, as a parent, you, you don't realize right away that you only have maybe eight years of trick or treating with your, with your kids. Yeah. You know, like they're not going to remember the first three. And then <clears throat> by the time they're getting to be like 11, 12 years old, they're either, you know, getting out of it or going out with their friends and stuff like that. I mean, like, you know, your time with doing that is really limited. Um, the the one thing I found much different, having grown up in Philadelphia and having raised you guys for the most part in Philadelphia, moving to Jersey where it's not row homes. Like the first year I bought bags of Halloween candy, I bought the quantities that we would use in Philadelphia to give out. And like say that was eight bags. Well, my first Halloween in Jersey, I gave out maybe a bag and a half. And I was like, wow, like this is totally different. Like, but it, but it depends what neighborhood you live in too. Yeah. No, because mom's neighborhood gets like, would get like blasted and you see like tumbleweeds rolling. You're in the same town, but you know, like, Hey, they got the good candy down there. Yeah. Right. I think that's just like Dave said, the community, the neighborhood, uh, like I don't dress up, but I still take my children out and I'm very involved in my community. I coach two baseball teams and I've coached for years now. So I know a lot of people and, and I actually see a lot of my, former players or current players and i actually reach into their bag and steal a Reese cup like yo coach Uh doug needs a Reese cup and uh, they hook me up but so it still for me has that somewhat of a family feel like we had in in philadelphia but you're right we used to hit every house on the block and row homes you're hitting what 60 houses in one block yeah i would say my kids maybe hit 120 houses in a night just because it's, I, we're living in Jersey, you've got yards, so you hit one house and you're not allowed to run across the yard where in Philly there wasn't a yard to run across. You just literally walked over a railing and knocked on the next door. And most of the parents were out and handing out candy and, like Dave said, part of the community and part of the event, Mr. Nicholson dressing up as the nun and everyone just getting a kick out of it. In Jersey, you've got to walk up to the door, you got to knock. You got to wait for someone to maybe come to the door and then you skip two or three houses. If you're lucky, you get three houses in a row that want to give out candy. Yeah. And it's like, that's like hitting the jackpot. You know what I mean? That's like three cherries just came up on the hot machine and you're like, hell yeah, three Reese cups or, you know, some shitty cup candy that dad likes. But, uh, <laughs> Mal- oh, Mal- on, no. Mal- no, 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 no. I don't even want to hear about it. <laughs> I, 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 I would say the, the one that I feel like is different in like, like, you know, Halloween currently is that, I mean, and, um, Doug can attest to this is, you know, cause he's, you know, always had like, you know, like big, like adult Halloween parties, you know, and I think that's become, you know, probably within the last like 10 or 15 years, that's become a thing where like, you know, I, I can't say it was back when we were kids. Like I don't remember adults having costume parties or you know or, or adults or fam and or families, 
you know, having like, like, you know, legitimate like costume parties. But now I think it's just, you know, Hey, it's par for the course. I'm like, you know, your spirit Halloween's and party cities and all that. I mean, that's a huge, there are stores devoted to that because, you know, Hey, you know, just because you're an adult doesn't mean you can't dress up and not have a good time. You might not go trick or treating, but you're still gonna have a good time with Halloween one way or the other. Right. And I don't know, like for dad and Rob nowadays you can go to certain bars and they have like the Halloween theme night where they want obviously everyone to come to the bar in Halloween costume and have like a really good time. Did they have anything like that 15, 20 years ago? I mean, I think they always had parties, but I don't, I don't, as far as that bars and stuff, not that I remember. I mean, in all honesty, I, I was never really much of a partier, but we would occasionally have like um, some Halloween parties, but it was nothing, you know, extravagant. It was just a lot of people kind of hanging out. And some people didn't even come dressed up. I can say from the standpoint of in Philadelphia, there's always been parties. I can remember, uh, you know, Center City, Philadelphia uh, always had parties, like all these different parties. Like some of them, uh, I forget what the guy's name was, uh, uh, Henry or Andre, however it's pronounced, H-E-N-R-I, like he had the party in Philadelphia where like, you know, the most extravagant costumes, uh, I forget what the, uh, what the winner would get, like, you know, some, you know, a whole lot of money and the costumes for that party were always, you know, extremely creative, top of the line. There's always been Halloween parties in Philly. It's not something that's, you know. That, that's new to local bars or anything like that. It, it's always been the case. There's always been, I can remember going to see, um, John Aston read, uh, used to be in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia orchestra would play, uh, they would have a concert that at intermission, they would have a star read, um, Edgar Allan Poe's the Raven. And I went the one year that John Aston read it. Uh, and he came out and he wore his uh, Gomez costume from the Adams family. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Christopher Lloyd has done it. I forget the names. I think they've stopped doing that. It used to be at the Philadelphia Academy of Music. Um, you know, there, there's always been something like that going on in Philadelphia. I don't know so much what's going on now with it, but uh, the Philadelphia Orchestra did that every Halloween. I know people probably, you know, you have smaller theaters now that run special events for it. Um, I organized a special event when I had a retail store out in Ambler. We did it uh, on Halloween. We showed I want to th- I don't remember what we showed to be honest. It was years ago. It was back in like 2004 maybe. But I mean, are you guys uh here's the question. Are you guys going to dress up this year? Possibly. Possibly. All right. Possibly. I I, uh, I, put- I mean, I'll, I'll I'll wing something, you know. It's or I'll just go with Frenchie. This is this is this is our first year down here, so I don't I don't know what to expect. But I mean, my wife, you know, she bought like these huge Halloween inflatables around the front yard. So we've been doing this thing where we walk around the whole neighborhood, and uh, we're the only ones that have inflatables in our yard. And I mean, we walk around this huge complex, so I'm not really sure what to expect. I mean, all the houses are really nice houses, and I don't really know what to expect. So I'm a little curious. I know that we had said this year, Kim and I decided we were going to dress up this year. My kids, my daughter was into Halloween for a few years. My son was never into Halloween. He he was like a, a Grinch for Halloween. He just said, he, I'm not going to walk around and, you know, beg for candy, which what, you know, what six-year-old says that? But he said it, so he really didn't dress up. 
Um, but are you sure he's yours? Yeah, dude, I swear to God, I would say like, what are you talking about? You better go out and get me some candy. He's so, passing off free things. Are right. you crazy? Yeah, that's what I said. Um, but Kim and I would always get dressed up, uh, even to hand out candy. So we're doing that this year. Uh, this year we're going to do space balls. So I'm going to be barf this year, the, the, uh, the mog, which was John Candy's character. My, and my wife is going to be princess Vespa. So we are getting the costumes together for that stuff now, which we're excited for. You know, we'll sit at the end of our driveway in like lawn chairs and hand out candy. So if no one comes, we'll just be sitting out there all by ourselves. Yeah, buy the good stuff. Yeah, I was going to say buy whatever you like. No, we do that anyway, typically. Um, The bad thing is when we typically when we buy Halloween candy, it's gone by Halloween. Like it's bad. And then Halloween day, I run out and get more stuff, whatever they've left. But uh, this year we've been, you know, really good about not really buying stuff ahead of time. So we'll probably go out. I don't know. We'll probably start going out soon to get stuff. But I'm excited. You know, like I figure if the costume looks good enough on in March, I'm going to judge the costume contest in costume. We should all do that then. We should. Stop. 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 What, Heart Foundation? Listen, uh, oh, would, I, wait, I don't wait, dress wait. up. You guys could be the Heart Foundation. Is that what you're saying? They we did that the once foundation. before. Oh, dude. You got to bring it back. Rob, I used to throw the ultimate kegger. Yes. And uh, I threw a couple of them, and just one year got real bad, so we stopped having them. But uh, <laughs> I, I was there that year, Rob, and it did get real bad. <laughs> that was actually a New Year's Eve party. And, and it that, wasn't Doug. Oh, okay. It okay. wasn't Doug. And it wasn't me. Wow. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so I don't dress up to go around with the kids. But for our costume parties, adults only, we always had a theme, and, and I always went over the top. Dave and I, the one year, uh, we went as the Heart Foundation. That was pretty awesome. Uh, we did another costume, which I can't talk about because it'll offend a lot of people. Oh, that was pretty <laughs> awesome. And uh, we just had the hell of a kegger. All right, so now we're, 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 we're going we're gonna to say it. Now every, we got to dress up for the costume contest as judges. Got to no. Can we win? No, but we can have no, fun. No, you can't win. I don't know. I don't want to vote for myself for sexy. I don't. Oh, jeez. I don't want to see any zombies, though. You guys got to be yeah. something better, dude. If I do heart yeah, foundation, zombies are too much effort. Yeah, bring Zom- back the heart. Bring back the heart foundation. Zombies are no effort at all. You throw on some makeup and you drag your leg. That's why there's so many independent films that are zombie movies because it's it's you know it's cheap to kind of cast, it's cheap to do. Sadly. Oh, I know what I'll go as. Oh, it's awesome. All right, good. I just thought of it. Oh, Perfect. Boy. All right, so we're, we're, we're in agreement here. We're pinky swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you blue-haired freak. <laughs> I, I literally, the name. on the description last week for uh, for the podcast, if people go back, I literally wrote Rob and Doug pinky swear that they're going to watch the, these other shows. I literally wrote that, and no one saw it. I guess no one reads the descriptions, but... I thought it was clever. I think it's genius. So, all right. So what else you got, Dave? Actually, you know what? Let's take a break. And when we come back, you have some horror movie recommendations, correct? Yes. All right, cool. And do you have horror news too? Yes. Oh, man. All right, don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Friday the 13th, part three in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not it will scare you count on it 
Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. When was the last time you were scared out of your wits by a movie? Halloween, the motion picture about the most terrifying night of the year. Halloween, the night three teenage girls discover the real trick is to stay alive. Halloween, the night he came home. From Compass International Pictures, rated R. Okay, guys, we are back for the second half of Monster Mania Radio. And while we were taking a break and taking a breather, we forgot to mention that Doug watched this guy is killing it this week with horror movies he watched the original friday the 13th and i had asked was it the remake or the original and he says the original so what was your impressions of that one man was that really bad had you never seen it before <laughs> uh i may have seen it but i honestly don't remember it at all so i'm gonna say no mm-hmm. so were you a fan or not really um, I guess I already knew who the killer was, so it wasn't that plot twist for me because, of course, this is like eighty years after the movie came out. Right. I don't. I don't know, man. It just it wasn't to me that great. That would warrant forty-seven remakes or sequels. Sequels. Yeah. Well, I mean, once Jason gets in the mix, and I think things there's definitely. I mean, everyone has their favorites. Uh, their favorite Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I'm a big fan of six and seven. I like Jason in space. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I actually really like that one. I think it's, I, that one's a lot of fun. Dave, what, what are your, what are your favorites of the Friday 13th? My favorite Rob is by far, uh, Friday the 13th part six, Jason lives. I love the opening scene, uh, kind of harkens back to the Frankenstein rejuvenation with the electricity and all that. And I also like Kane's first, uh, appearances jason in friday the 13th part seven um so they're my two favorites of them all what about dave you got any uh any favorites um i, I would go hands down with uh part six and um you know, I, I guess the, the one thing i can remember specifically was that um you know i guess that was like my first awareness of like friday the 13th and like um you know seeing like the ads on like tv so like, like that really had stood out and i think that was actually probably uh the the first one that we had seen um on vhs and you know i, I thought that was just you know a great movie i, th- I thought cj graham did a great job uh as jason but like you know again as like a probably like seven or eight year old like watching it like you know when like arms got ripped off and yeah. Things like that. I was like, ah, that's cool. Like, I think you know, it had a good mix of comedy and horror. Like, it had a little bit of comedy in there, but it had a lot of horror in it. I think it was, it, it a, was a little, little bit over the top. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Well, the one I also liked was part three in 3D. I saw that in the theater in 3D. And, Me too. And the 3D in that is remarkable. That's how a 3D movie should be made. Well, at the time, it was like groundbreaking, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I, I saw that in 3D, and then I went and saw. Jaws 3 and 3D and that was the I mean I love that movie because it's cheesy but it was the opposite of groundbreaking <laughs> that one but yeah. I, I thought that uh, I thought part 3 of uh, Friday 13th actually you know what it wasn't bad anyway so uh, Doug did you have a favorite uh, so far I've seen the first one and uh, that one <laughs> I remember because uh, I just watched it Saturday at midnight right, so one's your favorite so far good <laughs> one's my favorite you love uh, the original 
Should I not watch the second one since no one said the second one? Should I just jump right to six? Uh, I would watch them in order. I would. I mean, but if you were going to skip around, I would do. Six, I would do three. Six, I would do. Yeah, you could do three, six, seven. Um, three. He gets the the goalie mask for right, the first time from Shelly. So he. So the. He doesn't have a mask in the second one. No, no. he's uh, he, he, he has does, a bag on his sack. It's the it's the Steve Dash version. Mm. The uh, photo op that we had at the at the show in March of last year. Right, right. I was wondering why that guy had a potato sack on his head. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you like, could do three. I mean, four is okay. I don't this. I don't dislike four. Five is one of those where I think I think it's good, but I think that it's a a, a lot of times people get the. It's one of those movies where they get a little bent out of shape because it's not Jason. Spoiler. Um, yeah, five, five is the least favorite of mine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, it's either five or Jason goes to hell. Another yeah, one. There's that's a Jason. True. There's a, a movie where Jason and his mom are not the killer. Well, it's a fake Jason. Well, you got to understand, like his mom is done. Like after one, if you stick around for the whole movie, she's done. Yeah, so, well, I get that. Her head rolls off. Right. I mean, so, okay. So in two, Jason takes over, but he's like, you know, uh, a, a man by that point. And then three, he gets the the face mask, uh, the hockey mask. And then in four, he kind of dies. And I'm putting up air quotes because Corey Feldman kills him. In five, it, it kind of like is um, him as an older kid. And he's like in a psych ward, like kind of like house – and uh, this kid gets killed, and the guy that is an ambulance driver ends up being the, the Jason in that movie, and you find it out at the end. It's actually Tom Morga, who actually is a great guy. We I did a Q&A with him the last Cherry Hill show, and he's awesome. Great stuntman. Awesome. Um, but, I mean, those couple I would skip. You could go to six, seven. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan is – it's there. It's- well, it's it, it's got the famous scene where he punches the guy's head off on the right. roof. Yeah, so it's worth watching for that. And and you know what? Actually, um, so Jason goes to hell. I actually like the first like fifteen minutes of it because um, he's real. Like Kane looks awesome in it. He's real badass in it. Um, but then it kind of takes a it, it takes a weird storyline. It's bizarre. Um, but then I think Jason goes Jason in space. I like Jason X. Uh, the remake is not bad, but it's just a lot of kills. So there's there's my my rundown of, of Friday the yeah, Thirteenth. There's the rundown of the Friday the Thirteenth movies by yeah, Rob. Yeah, so you know, there's some that I like, some I don't, but I think that's with every series. So Dave, what did you have while we're so I don't yeah while we're on the topic of films? <laughs> right, I let's have, keep going. I had originally planned to have thirteen uh, film recommendations for the Halloween season. My favorite part, my favorite time of the year. Um, and what I tried it to do, I tried to include movies that aren't your standard Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Streets. And it, going back a few years when we did the podcast before, I recommended, I think it was maybe 10 movies at the time. So I tried not to repeat those, although I think I did repeat two of them. But the 13 films I have in no certain order. Uh, I have a movie called Burnt Offerings, which was done in 1976. A lot of what these all share is, for the most part, they were films that were from the 70s and the 80s, um, which I think our core Monster Mania crowd really enjoys. But these might also be films that they haven't seen, or if they've seen them, they probably haven't seen them lately. 
So it'd be, now's the time of year to start watching them again. Um, in 1976, Dan Curtis, who was famous for doing the Dark Shadows television series, he directed a film called Burnt Offerings that stars Betty Davis, Oliver Reed, Karen Black, and Burgess Meredith. Oh, and, there we go. Yeah, and I'll tell you, in putting this list together, the names that reoccurred a couple times were Karen Black and Burgess Meredith. Uh, Wait, Burgess Meredith was in stuff other than Rocky and Grumpy Old Men? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, and the Penguin, I'm sorry, I forgot yes. that. He was in uh, Burnt Offerings, which is basically, like, I'm not going to give away too much of the stories of these, but uh, a family moves into a summer house, but uh, they're Listen. asked to... They're asked to take care of the old woman at the in the room at the top of the stairs. That's all I'll say about that. But it's a it's a really fun movie, and I can remember seeing it in the theaters in '76, and it, it was really scary at the time. Um, another movie that stars Burgess Meredith uh, was called The Sentinel. Uh, it also has um, Chris Sarandon and a young Christopher Walken. And I talked to Chris Sarandon about this. He absolutely hates the movie. Uh, he didn't like the director, and he thought that the in the movie there's actual. Uh, I'm going to say that they're freaks, um, physically deformed people, um, and Chris Sarandon felt that the director uh, exploited their deformities. So it's it's a a movie about basically someone watching over the gates of hell, but it's it's a really atmospheric. It's one of my favorite films, uh, even though Chris Sarandon doesn't like it so much. Um, you can also see that, Burgess Meredith in Magic too. I don't know if that's on your list, but yeah, that that's one of the films that I repeated from my list before. Before Chucky, there was Magic. It was 1983. It was Anthony Hopkins' major role before landing uh, the role of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. It's probably the performance that got him the role of Hannibal Lecter. Also, Burgess Meredith is in that, and Anne Margaret. It's the story of a Van Trollquist, uh, and you don't know if he's slowly losing his mind or if the dummy that he has is really doing the things that you see on the film. So now, it, wait, wait a second, Dave. Do you, do you really like that movie? Do I? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I actually, uh, I had never seen it, and I bought the Blu-ray like maybe two years ago. I think actually because of you. Yes, um, it, it was. I, I remember really, talking about it. I really liked it. I was blown yeah. away. Like, you know, and I was surprised because I didn't know Burgess Meredith was in it either. And I was really surprised. And it's one of those movies where you're right. You just don't know what's going on. So I, I, I totally full, I mean, I support that one. That's a really good one. Burnt Offerings is really good too, man. Good stuff yeah, so and, far. And I'll tell you, honestly, I, I think it's Anthony Hopkins' best performance. I it's think good. he's better in this role. I think he acted better in this role than he did in uh, Silence of the Lambs. But that's, that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a, that's a big statement there. So I, I, yeah. I actually agree. I just had to look literally because I wasn't sure like, man, was this, it was his first, Feature like main role, yes. So lead role. he just he killed it. He absolutely yeah. killed it. And speaking of deformities, um, without a doubt, the most popular midnight cult film is the Todd Browning film called The Freaks. 
we actually, years ago, when we did Spooky Films the first time, the very first uh, double feature I showed was a Todd Browning tribute. Uh, Todd Browning was the director for uh, the 1931 Bela Lugosi Dracula, which, of course, is my favorite. Uh, but he also did Freaks, uh, the whole uh, Gooba Gaba One of Us, uh, filmed with actual circus uh, deformed people, uh, which was American Horror Story. The the one that they did with the circus was kind of like an homage a, to it. Yeah. So uh, if you if for people who haven't seen that movie, absolutely you should go 100%. check it out. I agree with that. It's a good one, and it's still available on DVD. Yeah. Another Dan Curtis film was uh, made for television. It was a four part anthology starring Karen Black called Trilogy of Terror. And everyone remembers that one uh, for the African Zuni fetish doll. It's that doll with the knife that uh, she throws in the oven and tries to kill and it keeps coming back. Um, became an actual collectible back when we were doing Monster Mania, the, the uh, retail website that was one of the most popular items I sold. Uh, it, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth seeing. Uh, called Trilogy of Terror from 1975, another Dan Curtis production. 1960, a movie came out starring Christopher Lee. It has, it's been released under two different titles. It was called Horror Hotel and also released as The City of the Dead. One of my absolute favorite films, a co young college student goes to a sleepy Massachusetts town and gradually learns that the basically the whole town is involved in witchcraft. Uh, Christopher Lee is one of the major characters in the film. Uh, really, really, really good movie. Also another movie involving paganism and witchcraft type thing. Also starring Christopher Lee was the 1973 film The Wicker Man. It was re-released, or, or I mean it was re redone, uh, starring some other actors, but the one to see is the 1973 one. Uh, it stars... Edward Woodward, Christopher Lee, and the love of my life, Ingrid Pitt. Um, really, really good film. I won't give away the ending, but uh, a, a detective goes to an island in search of a young girl that's been missing and encounters basically that the whole island is involved in uh, neo-paganism. These two, I said I was going to have 13 movies, but what I actually have is 14 because I can't really separate these two films. They have a lot in common. The one is called The Devil's Reign. It was released in 1975. It stars William Shatner, John Travolta, and Ernest Borgnine. A murdered family's patriarch seeks revenge on an Arizona coven that has captured people and actually uh, committed some murders and worshipped Satan. And at the same, in the same year, 1975, Race with the Devil with Peter Fonda, Warren Oates, and Laura Parker. Laura Parker was Angelique from the original Dark Shadows uh, television series. Uh, two couples vacationing together in an RV from Texas to Colorado are terrorized when they witness a murder by a satanic cult. Uh, again, these two films were released in the same year. Uh, very similar in in subject matter, but really worth a watch. Um, it's you, it's uh, getting a Blu-ray release October 31st, actually. Which one? Uh, Devil's Reign. Really? Yes, okay. sir. Also in 1972, I love anthology films. Uh, I think the last uh, collection of movies that I recommended involved uh, the original Tales from the Crypt 
movie that the television series was based on. Uh, this one I'm recommending is the 1972 film called Asylum. It stars Peter Cushing, Herbert Lom, Britt Eklund. It's a combination of four Robert Block stories, who was the author of Psycho. Uh, it's about a person going to a mental institution, and he has to interview four patients that are inside the asylum. I won't ruin it by telling you much more than that, but really, really good film to see. Okay, and the last three films that I have, uh, 1983 saw Christopher Lee, Vincent Price, John Carradine, and Peter Cushing together in one film. The film's called House of Long Shadows. Uh, it's about an American writer who goes to a Welsh estate to write a novel. He doesn't realize that all these Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and John Carradine are going to be there to release their brother who's locked in a room for 40 years, and Christopher Lee shows up to claim the ownership of the mansion. But it's a, it's a rare opportunity to see these actors that were in the later stages of their careers uh, all together in one film. Uh, you know, it, it definitely is a flawed movie, but just the opportunity to see these people together, it's, it's really worth it, despite Desi Arnaz being in it. Uh, the last two films I have are 1964 Vincent Price film, The Last Man on Earth. It was later redone with Charlton Heston, titled The Omega Man. And most recently, it was done uh, starring Will Smith in the film called I Am Legend. It's Richard Matheson's story about the last man on Earth who becomes uh, basically a vampire hunter because the people are, are when people get this virus and die... They come back as vampires, and he has to kill them. Um, really, really atmospheric. Vincent Price is, it's one of, in my mind, it's one of my favorite Vincent Price films, that and House on Haunted Hill. So for fans that haven't seen it, it's definitely worth checking out. And the last film I would recommend is a remake. Uh, it's the 1979 Walter Herzog film called Nosferatu, the Vampire. It's a remake of the silent classic uh, it stars Klaus Kinski. The makeup is outstanding. It looks very much like the Max Schreck makeup in the first film. Uh, really, really, really well done. I, I think it's a film that's kind of gotten overlooked. Every, when everybody thinks of Nosferatu, they always think of the Max Schreck silent film. And I think this one gets overlooked, but it's definitely worth a watch. That came out in 79, and it's, it's just another great... 70, the 70s and the 80s, there were a lot of these movies that came out that really are kind of almost forgotten nowadays, but they're really worth a watch. I agree. A lot of good stuff. So that's it for the 13 films, which actually were 14. That's a great list. Hopefully everybody will, at least some of the people will check it out. I saw that Trilogy of Terror is actually on Amazon Prime streaming for free. Rob, we actually have a couple of guests to announce tonight. I'll let Dave announce the first one. Okay. Uh, our first guest announcement is New Jersey native, uh, Andrew McCarthy, um, known for uh, you know, probably most notably is you know one of Doug and I's uh, favorites from the '80s, uh, Weekend of Bernies. Um, he's also in uh, Pretty in Pink and Saint Elmo's Fire, and uh, more recently famous as director of Orange Is the New Black and The Blacklist. So um, you know, a, a first Monster Maniacon appearance for Andrew McCarthy. That's awesome. I remember him from the movie Class, and then Heaven Help Us. You guys ever see Heaven Help Us? Yes. Oh, man, what a great movie. To whom, brother? To whom, brother? Oh, and uh, um, I'm just scrolling through a few things now, and uh, he was in Less Than Zero with um, 
you know, Robert Downey Jr., yes. which I think was like, like his, like, you know, it was like Robert Downey Jr.'s big, like a uh, breakout role from the, uh, uh, I believe the author was like Brett Easton Ellis. Oh um, man, what a role! Who also too. wrote like American it, Psycho. It yeah. literally was almost like his real life issues that he was going through. It was crazy. That was a movie that I remember. I think um, uh, who was the girl that was in that? I can't oh, it was a uh, star from uh, yes, yes, Lost Boys. Yep, yeah. What a, I, what I think, a good I think movie. that was all made in the same year. Jamie Gertz. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, she she had like a pretty solid. Like, hey, I'm like cranking out. Hit, hit 80s movies. Also, Rob Doug has an announcement for the March show. Another New Jersey native, Joey Pants. You'll know him from Goonies, which I thought was a great movie. Uh, the Fugitive. He was in Memento. He was in Bad Boys. He's the uh, guy that rubs his ears and says Woosa a lot. And uh, that's got another Will Smith movie in there. So. And uh, I think risky business. He was risky Matrix. business. He was great too. Two or three seasons of The Sopranos. I mean, this guy's all over the place. And he was in uh, Tales from the Crypt, a great Tales from the Crypt episode. So that's two more announcements that we have for March of next year. We kind of got out of the gate a little bit early for March, which I'm happy to say. Uh, still working on some headliners, which I don't have the ability to announce yet, but uh, should be some good ones if things fall the right way. Awesome. Now, all you people that are listening, wasn't that worth it? Okay, Dave, now rolling right along, let's try some horror news. Uh, Rob, in keeping with Halloween, we've our first story is about a candy lawsuit. A Manhattan woman who bought a three-and-a-half-ounce package of Junior Mints felt cheated after claiming to find that the candy was just 57% filled in the box. instead That's a of getting a precise amount. Yes. Well, you'll find out why in a second. Instead of getting mad, she's getting even. Biola Daniel has recruited a lawyer who is claiming that in federal court, the Tootsie Roll Industries, the maker of Junior Mints, intentionally deceives shoppers by disproportionately by putting the candy in disproportionately large boxes by comparison milk duds about the same size as junior mints fill 73% of the boxes while my favorite good and plenty fill 88% of the boxes the suit is filed in Manhattan federal court the junior mint suit which described the empty space in the box as quote slack fill claims that the plaintiff, Daniel, and others in the case has suffered monetary losses by purchasing the mints, and they are and they feel they are entitled to damages for their injuries. Now, I don't know about you, but getting a box of junior mints certainly hasn't caused any injuries to me. But the weights on the boxes. That is true. He's right. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, you talk about frivolous lawsuits. I mean, this has to take the cake. Uh, next up on the horror news is, uh, I don't know if people are aware, but back when the first Halloween movie came out, there was, there was a novelization of the film, uh, and it was written by a person named Curtis Richards, who in reality was horror author Dennis Etchinson. The book has been out of print since about the mid eighties. It's kind of a collector's item and it gives a lot of backstory that was never in the actual film 
right now on YouTube, you can listen to the novel. It clocks in at about five hours. The only problem with it is, is instead of it being read by an actual voice actor, uh, it's read by basically like a computer program with an electronic voice. And I tried to listen to it because I actually own the, the whole series of Halloween novels. And the first one it really does shed a lot of light on the characters in the first film. But the electronic voice on this is just, I can't get past it because they don't take natural word breaks where you would where you would break a you know a sentence and it just after a while it really got annoying to listen to but for people that want to know what the background was for intended for the original halloween film if you go on youtube and look up halloween novel you can it's five hours long but you can hear the whole novel on youtube for free i uh, uh, i went to a catholic school and uh up up until eighth grade in seventh grade i actually wrote a book report on that book. Really? I did, and I was sent to the principal. <laughs> I was sent to I was sent to Sister Anne, and the book was a little bit different. It's a lot different. It has a, the background, and it actually uh, brings in the whole uh, Sam Hain type uh, storyline that came uh, became more apparent, I think, with Thorn and all that later in the series. Yeah. But uh, the first novel is, is a collector's item now. It, if you go on eBay, it, it costs a decent amount of money. And and I think that they even made like novels for like four, five, like all of them, didn't they? Yeah, I I have I have the one for the first one. I have I think I have three, which was Season of the Witch. I have four, and I have uh, either five or six. I forget which one. I have to take a look. Can I tell you, part four might have the best opening of a horror movie ever. It's just cut together so well. It just like when you watch it, it, I guess you feel the season, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just very how it's very fall, you know, you feel almost like the, the, the chill and it just feels like fall. It's, it's a really good opening. Also with more Halloween news, there's a kind of an update to the, the upcoming Halloween 2018 release. Uh, news came out. You were the one that first told me about this the other day, Rob, uh, news come out. Uh, according to series creator John Carpenter, that the next film is going to disregard all the Halloween films other than the first one. Yep. So it's going to be a, a sequel, I guess, to the very first one. So I guess that means uh, Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis's character are no longer brother and sister. Nope. And speaking with John Carpenter, he was asked whether... He had any influence in Jamie Lee Curtis being in the film, uh, and his quote was, no, she talked to the director. Her part was written into the script, and they had this idea. It's kind of a, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost an alternative reality. It picks up after the first one, and it pretends that none of the others were made. It's going to be fun. There's, really, there's a really talented director, and it was well written. I'm impressed. So the, the thing that alarms me a little bit about that is that Jamie Lee Curtis said she wanted to be part of it and her part was written into the script. Yeah, it's a little rough. So, yeah, it sounds like this wasn't the original idea for, you know, the script. And now that she's on board, they've, you know, put her in it. Um, there's also been talk that uh, actress Judy Greer is going to play her daughter in the film. Uh, so I guess in H2O, she had a son 
in this one she's going to have a daughter. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of difference. I tell than, you what, man, fans are pissed. There's a lot of fans that are pissed. I'm actually on the opposite side of the fence. Look, we've gone through all of it. You know, like, I, I just want to see a good Halloween movie. That's all I want to see. What are fans pissed about? I think fans are really mad that the entire premise, like, from 2 to, you know, Re- Resurrection to the remakes, uh, they're all, it's all gone. So a lot of people don't like the fact that it is that it's all gone. But for me, like I just want to see a good movie. I just want to see Michael Myers again. I guess like I tried to wrap my head around what I thought the idea would be. Um, I don't really know, you know. And and we had talked about it like last week or the week before. Like you know, Michael Myers is now in his sixties. She's in his she's in her fifties. So or she might even be in her sixties. So. I don't know. I guess I'm curious to know what what they're gonna do. Um, I mean, am I worried that they wrote the part for her, like fit it in a little bit? But I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic. I, I'm kind of taking a wait and see approach to it. And honestly, like I've said, you know, a million times before, it's my favorite of the franchises. So, you know, if, if we get a good Halloween movie out of it, I don't care right. what it what it you know is is a sequel to. I don't care if it's a sequel to eight or if it's a sequel to one. Uh, as long as we get a good Halloween film out of it, I'm still, you know, hoping against hope that, you know, Nick Castle's going to put the mask on. I, I, I mean, for me, that would really make a difference. Uh, I know for a lot of people, they don't care really who's behind the mask. But, I mean, for me, like, Nick Castle was Michael Myers and, and other actors who have portrayed Michael Myers try to emulate Nick's movements and stuff like that. So, I mean, if we're keeping everything age appropriate with Jamie Lee Curtis, then bring back Nick Castle and, you know, like, let's let's do it right. That's just my opinion. Next up on the list, uh, here's another thing I hear a lot of fans complaining about. Uh, AMC is celebrating the 21st year of Fear Fest, uh, but they're doing something a little bit different this year, uh, where before for the almost the whole month of October – there would be horror films now because they want to show the first 99 episodes of The Walking Dead. They've cut Fear Fest down to just one week. It's going to be from October 23rd through up through Halloween. So what use what when we were given a month of horror films, now we're down to a week of them by AMC, which I mean, I know they want to promote their product, The Walking Dead, but. Uh, it was always fun to have a month dedicated to horror films, and now we're down to a week. You know, I didn't, I didn't um, know that, so I'm actually glad you're telling me because I kept going, like I kept looking through the channels. Yeah, I kept thinking, like, why isn't there, like, why aren't they playing anything? And they're just not. So yeah. that that makes a lot of I'll sense. I'll tell you that uh, this is the the least amount I've felt Halloween this far into October. Uh, you know, as of today, it's October 10th. I just don't. I mean, it, it's it's warm out. I. I whether that has anything to do with it or not, I don't know. But, I mean, like, today was in the 80s. Uh, I think it was down almost near 90 where you're at, right? Yeah, 91. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's, like, I'm not seeing horror films on TV. Uh, it just doesn't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the feel to kick in. Uh, the, going back to the AMC Fear Fest, the one thing that is notable about Fear Fest is one of the films they're going to show is called a Chucky, which kind of surprised me. Oh, really? So, yeah, so going back to what we talked about, I think, last episode, where we were saying how people downloading Cold of Chucky 
before the actual release might have hurt the film in one Wait, way so or another. so they're actually going to play that on TV? They're going to play it on TV. It's on Netflix. I mean, for a movie that was direct-to-video, so it was... Bizarre. Yeah, it's it's available, like, everywhere, you know, prior to, you know, well, not prior to, but, you know, it, it just got released, and now it's going to be, it's on Netflix already, and it's going to be on AMC Fear Fest. Is it possible that, that these, I don't know what a payout is for something to play on TV, like, like Sharknado is a good example, like Sharknado comes out on, on DVD and Blu-ray after, but their main showing is on sci-fi. So now you have the people that don't have Netflix. I wonder if Netflix like does something and has like a bunch of commercials for Netflix during that time frame. Or, you know, like uh like during the, the Chucky film. Like I'm wondering how that works out. Like it, like, you know, they were worried about if it was making their budget back, right? So I don't I mean what I don't know what if what kind of money that this that they're making off of it. You well, that's that's what I was asking last week, and and that was before I knew uh, Chucky was going to be part of the AMC Fear Fest. I mean, so weird for for you know for an investment in a film for it to go for first it leaked early, so they lost whatever you know early sales they would have gotten with that. Then it's on Netflix, which you know. Uh, I don't know whether they get paid per viewing. It was something no, I had it's asked. A, it's, asked a flat, on. it's a flat fee. Okay, and now it's going to be on AMC Fear Fest for free. So I mean, basically, are they like just giving the movie away right, or so what? So here's here's my thought. So I'll make a prediction right now that this time next year there will be a new Chucky that will have a bigger budget because by this point everyone will have seen the movie. To me. If that's what they're if that's what they're hoping to do, it makes a lot of sense to me because now you're saying everyone check it out, right? So you're making it as accessible as possible. If you have cable, you can watch it. If you have Netflix, you can watch it. If you buy the DVD, you can watch it. So they might have been more upset with the fact that people streamed it because now people aren't seeing it on AMC or on Netflix because this was all part of their plan. I really don't know if this is their plan or not, but to me, if it's not, it should be because you're giving away your movie. I'm not giving it away. You're still making money, but this is an opportunity for everyone to become invested again in Chucky, which hasn't been, you know, plus they can play, they can play all of them except for maybe curse. They may not play. I don't even know. They might even play that. That's been out a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I don't know if, cult of Chucky, if you're looking to rejuvenate interest in the series, I don't know if cult of Chucky is the film that you want to use to do that. Um, Depends uh, how they advertise it. If they're, if they're advertising like, Hey, you know, watch the new, uh, the new Chucky film, you know, here on AMC. And plus what if they have the unrated scenes that were cut out out of Netflix on AMC? Yeah, I, I don't know any about it other than it's going to be on there. I would tend to, I would tend to think that the cutscenes aren't going to be on AMC, just because it's you know uh, regular television. But yeah, but I mean knows? they're saying they're saying fuck now on on uh, American Horror Story. So yeah, who knows? yeah. You know, I and I did hear that this year, The Walking Dead did get permission to say the f word. So for this wow. coming season, they did get the permission to it. Yeah, I heard that too. They're only allowed two for the entire season. Wow, I didn't hear any of that, but 
That'll be interesting. So, uh, continuing on, I have a bunch of American Horror Story news. Um, I guess the first one to start out with, uh, the episode that's going to be shown tonight has been re-edited because of the Las Vegas concert massacre. The episode tonight was originally going to start out with a mass shooting at a political rally, but because of the Las Vegas shooting, they've decided to uh, severely edit that so that the shooting does not actually occur on screen. Uh, So it won't be shown on FX tonight. However, if you watch it video on demand uh, with cable or satellite on FX network, FX now or FX four, the, unedited version is going to be on. So, uh, again, once again, a mass shooting has affected uh, how a television show is shown. Good call or bad call? I think it's a good call. Uh, I I understand, you know, Ryan Murphy had a quote saying that he felt that it was in the best interest for people that that suffered through that and had, you know, loved ones that were affected by that. Um, He didn't. He reserved the right to not edit it, but he thought that the best thing to do in honor of the people that, you know, were involved in that uh, and in, I guess, in honor of their relatives and things like that, he just felt like it wasn't the right thing to do to show on TV. Yeah, I do, too. And, you know, like I said, the unedited unedited version is going to be on FX now and FX4, so I'm sure some people are going to want to check that out. Um, But, I mean, I, I give him credit for going back and doing that honestly so other american horror story news i didn't i wasn't i didn't realize this but he ryan murphy had posted on instagram that american horror story is based on the nine levels of hell in dante's inferno and past seasons correspond with different levels murder house which was the first episode is limbo asylum is fraud the Coven season was treachery. The Freak Show season was greed. The Hotel season was gluttony. The Roanoke season was anger. And cult, the cult season that we're currently in will be heresy. That means seasons eight and nine will be lust and violence. So I thought, that, right. was, I thought that was really interesting. I had no idea that that was based on Dante's Inferno. I had no idea either. Yeah. That's interesting. So the last bit of American Horror Story news I have is if you're watching this this season, you know that they have the when the clowns do the killing, they're doing the smiley faces on the doors. Um, People are saying that that is related to something called the smiley face murder theory, which has been advanced by two retired New York City detectives. Their names are Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. Um, Both of those detectives have this theory that young men found dead in bodies of water across several midwestern states over the last decade uh, did not accidentally drown as has been concluded by law enforcement but that there are victims of a serial killer or serial killers Uh, the term smiley face became connected to the alleged murders when it was made public that the police had discovered graffiti with a smiley face in locations where the killers were, what the detectives say were killers dumped the bodies in 
at least a dozen cases. Uh, as recently as 2008, Gannon and Duarte were examining evidence that dates back to, to the 1990s that they believe connect the deaths of 45 college males whose dead bodies were found in water in 11 states, often after leaving parties or bars where they were drinking. The men often fit the same profile of being popular, athletic, college students, good students, and all were white. The FBI has dismissed this theory, but in some cases, the, the bodies were found in the water like four months after uh, the person was reported missing, and when forensics studied the bodies, they said that even though the bodies were found in the water four months later, they were the bodies were only in the water for a few hours. So, you know, one of the cases for sure has been labeled a murder. Uh, most of the cases have been labeled uh, as drunk students falling into water and drowning. But that's what the uh, a lot of people think that the American Horror Story current season with the smiley faces on the door, they think it's a relation to the smiley face murder theory that's been out there. I'm sure that that something like that exists, but I don't I don't particularly see anything that would relate to that this season. Do you? Uh, well, I mean, if you think about it, there is a cult of people going around killing people and doing the smiley face on the doors or on right. the walls or whatever. So, I mean, it's loosely related. I mean, it's certainly not young white college right. students drowning in water. But, you know, I mean, I can see where it's loosely related to it. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I, I'm still thinking about the, uh, the nine levels that you, it's mentioned. Yeah. It's, uh, so I guess what's he going to do after season nine? Uh, there's, it's only slated for nine seasons. Oh, for real? That's so after nine, it's it? Yeah. And it's been, it's been announced that that was going to be just a nine season run, I believe, a couple years ago. Oh, how about that? Well, yeah, so that's good. I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I really give credit to Ryan Murphy and the writers of that series. Like, there's, I think it's probably the most well-written horror series on television for sure right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and and there's just so many levels to it, and you know, he ties in so many different things, and now to find out that you know it's the nine levels of of hell and Dante's Inferno. I mean, it's just. You know, there's a lot of thought put into this. I know a lot of people really didn't like the Roanoke series um, season, but I I really did. I thought it was Loved really, it. yeah. I, I thought it was really well written. Um, you know, and I think uh, you know this season I, a lot of people are you know love it because of the the killer clowns and that type of thing. But yeah, uh, I, I mean every season is so different. You know, yet it it uh, the core group of actors uh, you know return for the most part, season after season. I mean, they've lost Jessica Lange, and so far, Kathy Bates hasn't appeared this season. She's, on, she's, a, uh, she's on a Netflix show called uh, Jointed or something like that. It's about some pot store comedy thing, uh, oh, okay. which I think she's just stuck with American Horror Story, but, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like she's, she's such a good actress that she just dominates every role that she's in. She is severely missed. And I really miss Jessica Lange. Uh, you know, um, I think she's really good, but I do have to give credit to the actors where, you know, you're being put into a different role every year. 
which I mean, obviously you want to be, if you're an actor, you want to have range and it does show a lot of their range. You know, it's very, very good. Um, you know, I, and I know a lot of people don't didn't like Roanoke and I actually thought it was great. I love found footage films. There were so many times on that show last year where when it ended, I was mad. I wanted more, you know, and I don't get that too many times with TV shows. Yeah. So that's it for horror news. Horror news is, uh, that's it. So Dave, what's the dates now for March so people can, can get their stuff together? Uh, March is in Cherry Hill will be March 9th, 10th and 11th. So far to, uh, repeat what we've announced over the last two episodes of the podcast, uh, the guests are going to be Joey Pants, Andrew McCarthy, Kane Hodder, and C.J. Graham, both doing in-costume Jason photo ops, both individually and the two of them together. So we've got a lot more to announce. I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of got on this a little bit sooner than, uh, than we have in the past. I, I try to take some time off, but um, uh, so far, four guests, and we're what about a week and a half out from the last show so we're not doing too bad no you're you're killing it i mean you're so far ahead of the curve that this is already looking like a convention that people shouldn't miss and the hotel is taking reservations now for march and for august yes and we're also taking vendor table registration right now um we're going to have updated email addresses on the website which should go into effect i believe this week um, for both tickets and for vendors. Hopefully the, the website will start to get developed over the next two weeks, I would think. And Dave, maybe next time that we podcast, um, I was sent a message and someone had asked about uh, why does Monster Mania stay in Cherry Hill at the, you know, at the Crown Plaza? And I, I see it a lot. You know, the convention is always growing. It's always getting bigger. And you, you, you've moved around, you know, a lot of stuff to be able to fit everyone. And I think that would be a great topic to talk about next time. Okay, sounds good. All right, guys. So uh, make sure you, uh, you know, check us out on Podbean. And make sure you visit Monstermania.net. I'm Rob Dimension. I'm Dave Hagen. Doug Hagen. And David Hagen. And if we don't talk to you guys before Halloween, have a great Halloween. And if we do, then you'll have a little extra treat. Open your bag nice and say trick or treat. And we'll see you guys next time. Just don't forget the mallow cups and the good and plenty. Nobody wants that stuff. Yes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shitty. <laughs>